Richard Shu, host of Shoe Untied. Today I'm very pleased and honored to have with me as my guest, Mitch Zukli, who's the chairman of ORC. Uh, Mitch, welcome to the show. Glad to be here with you, Richard. It's nice to be back. Now, I was going to say, Mitch, you have the esteemed honor of being the first repeat guest on the show. I am absolutely honored. It's great. <laughs> so, Mitch, I see I've known you since uh, 1998 at VLG. You were a star lawyer there. Obviously, you came over to ORIC. Tell me a little bit about what um, what possessed you to take this job as chairman. <laughs> Let me start with that question. That's a great question. So, you know, it really came from a view of wanting to um, to spend a little bit of time doing what our clients do. You and I both have had a, the benefit of working uh, with, with fabulous technology companies and uh, spending a lot of time with uh, very skilled lawyers and executives who are running their own businesses. And both of us were transactional lawyers, so I think we're, we're drawn to the chance to uh, to help people craft key agreements or do financings that were critical to them. And one of the things that always appealed to me about the practice is that you got to work very closely with some incredibly passionate people who were trying to build something, set strategy, leave an organization stronger than they found it. And so I, I kind of wanted to scratch that own that own itch for myself in terms of the chance to sort of have more frontline management responsibility and help grow something, help shape its direction, uh, while continuing to practice. I still continue to practice about 20% of what I do, and I really enjoy practicing. But I, I thought that after having spent almost two decades working with and advising some key clients on their business decisions, it would be nice to actually have a chance to, to make some of those decisions myself. And how have you found it so far? Has it been challenging, interesting, fun? How would you describe it? Yeah, all three. Uh, all three for sure. And, uh, but I would say it's been really rewarding. You know, the, the best part is that we've got a really strong group of, of leaders to, here at the firm that work very collaboratively together. We've worked hard collectively to set a strategy for the firm and to execute on it. And it's very much a team effort. It feels um, in many ways like going to a board meeting for a client in terms of the way we run those meetings. That's been incredibly rewarding. Um, there are certainly times where uh, you know you, you kick yourself and, and wish you'd done things differently or better, but uh, that's that's the case for everybody. And the chance to actually you know build and run a business has been enormously rewarding. And I, I've I feel pretty energized. I get excited to come to work every morning, and uh, you know, I'm often here late at night thinking about things <laughs> to do tomorrow. And but it's it's been a good ride, and I've re- I've really enjoyed the teamwork associated with how we've been approaching it. Hmm. Now I know Oric obviously is a global firm, but tell me, let's talk a little bit about sort of the Bay Area strategy, the Bay Area specifically kind of the growth strategy, sure. and what do you sort of see, and what are the areas you're trying to grow or add and stuff in the Bay Area? That's great. Well, let me start by the global strategy the, and give you two pieces of that, and then. The Bay Area strategy will reinforce that broader strategy. Our strategy's got two prongs, and it's quite simple. The first is we want to be a leader representing uh, clients in three industries, tech, energy and infrastructure, and finance. Uh, And we want to do that globally and be a balanced firm as between litigation and transactional work. So tech E&I and finance globally, balanced firm. Um, And our strategy in the Bay Area is, is, you know, it, it, it absolutely follows that. A second part of our global strategy is to be the best law firm to work for. I know that sounds very um, soft in California or something, mm-hmm. but we mean it in a substantive way. We mean it in terms of culture that's transparent. We mean it in terms of creating opportunity for people who are doing a fabulous job with clients uh, and providing opportunities to advance in their careers or to have their own path uh, around family leaves and the like. We really want people to feel like they've got the ability to set their own destiny. Uh, so many people flee the profession 
we want to be a firm that allows really talented people that were hard to identify, hard to train, hard to recruit, you know, very integrated into client relationships. We really want those people to stay with us. And you know, all of us go through situations where we've got a sick parent, we've got a kid that needs some special attention, we've got uh, some key inflection point that requires us to pause, focus on something other than just the law for a little bit, and then hopefully come back and hit the ground running with, with great uh, intensity. And we want to be a firm that allows people the flexibility to do that. Um, the third is, you know, we're very committed to diversity. Um, and part that relates to the talent issue. Half the people coming out of law, uh, law school are women. You know, 20% of the, of the law firm partners and, uh, and big law are women. Maybe 5% of management are the people at the top of the comp chart are women. We think that's a huge waste of talent, and we want to be a firm that, that affirmatively reverses that trend. And we've made a, a lot of progress in the past three and a half years on that. We've made some progress, though less progress, with diverse attorneys, and it's an area that we uh, we want to make uh, you know w make more progress on. A fourth component of being a best place to work is having a deep commitment to pro bono. We think it's an important part of our responsibility as lawyers. We also think it's a fabulous training opportunity for young uh, attorneys who, in many cases, don't have a chance to argue in court. Uh, clients don't want to train them. Uh, they, uh, they, and it's just an opportunity for them to do important work and, and have at-bats that they otherwise might not get earlier in their career. A related point is that we want to be a firm that does really well in terms of mentoring and coaching. Um, you know, there's a hard transition that young lawyers make to law firms. Law school hasn't really changed since Litchfield, Connecticut in the 1700s. It's very much an individual enterprise. And yet, you know, the, the practice of law, whether you're a litigator, whether you're a, a regulatory lawyer, a transactional lawyer, it's a team game. The day you walk in, there's a group of staff members who support you and a group of more senior people who you support, and you have to fit into a, a broad team that's working to solve uh, consolidated you know, problems. Mm. Really hard to, uh, to know how to do that well. We want to be a firm that uh, attracts people who've got a team orientation and then and then trains and coaches them well on how to fit into teams. And as I said, I think that law schools and law firms can do a better job in the dialogue of, of how important teamwork is in, our, in, in order to provide great client service. So those are kind of the central hallmarks. If you look at how that translates to the, to the Bay Area, we're looking for that exact, uh, that, you know, to, to advance that exact global strategy. Obviously, there's an incredibly rich vein of technology clients here, and we want to be big, strong, uh, robust here in the Bay Area as a result of that. Um, our largest clients in the firm are, are big tech companies, and uh, uh, three of the five largest are, uh, of our largest clients last year were, were large tech companies with headquarters here in the Bay Area. This is a really important place to us. We're, we're a firm that's been around for 154 years. We started in San Francisco. We don't have a global headquarters. We're very much a global firm without a, a headquarters, but this was you know, our, our office of, uh, of origin and, and where our presence in Northern California is, is, is larger than, combined is larger than any other individual office. And so this is kind of ground zero for us in terms of making sure that we're focused on a lot of those tech clients. And it's obviously a very talented legal market, and we want to do our fair share of, of attracting that talent to, to work. Tell me a little bit about, obviously you have a lot of responsibilities as chairman. Tell me a little bit about kind of what percentage of time do you spend on recruiting and what are the specific things you try to get involved in the recruiting process? Is it more in the beginning, more in the end? I mean, it's a long process. That's a, it's a great question. Uh, it's, and it's, it's, I don't know that there's a consistent answer across time. So of the 80% of my time that's dedicated to firm management stuff, I'd say a third of that is spent directly with firm clients. 
uh, talking to them about their needs, understanding how we're doing and what we can do better, really getting a sense of the marketplace and making sure that there's an additional layer of relationship with our key clients. I'd say a third of it is uh, uh, dealing with, eh, maybe a little bit more than that, with internal matters of, of some sort or another. Uh, and then a considerable amount of time is spent recruiting. Hmm. I think last year I probably met overall with, hmm, I'll guess 150 potential uh, candidates in some way or another. Now, that's atypical, probably more than I usually spend. Mm -hmm. And um, I try to meet every candidate before they, they come through. I do meet every candidate before they come through. In some cases, I will spend a fair amount of time, particularly if we're thinking about a market that I don't know as well, meeting a lot of candidates, just to educate myself. And to really understand the market, it's dynamic, what ticks, and, and, and who's held in high regard. By the way, a fair amount of what I do when I talk to firm clients is ask them, some, what are some of your key legal problems? Who are some of the lawyers that you've turned to? Why do you like them? Um, and part it's just interesting data. It's in part interesting to know what the approaches of other firms are. And sometimes I learn interesting data about laterals that we want to recruit. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would say that some component of that, of that client time is really a recruiting time as well. For me, um, I tend to put a real emphasis right now on, on our diverse uh, recruiting. Uh, we've got a retained search out with MLA, uh, uh, with Merle to help us do that. Mm -hmm. And we feel that's an, a very important strategic initiative. <coughs> We're a unique firm, I think. Maybe not unique, but um, I don't know how many firms have an internal person who's a former headhunter on board, but we, we have one in Mary Post. I think that Mary just brings an entirely different level of professionalism and focus and process to us as a firm that we didn't have prior to our, uh, to her, to our joining, her joining us. Uh, and in particular, I think that a lot of our international recruiting was very regional as opposed to focused on those sectors. And our, our strategy is a global strategy that applies regardless of which office you're in. And so it's, it's really important to, for me to make sure that we have a similar approach uh, to the recruiting we're doing globally. Mm. Uh, and so for, for hiring a, a lawyer in Asia, I want it to be someone who is focused on tech energy or finance and has a connection with the rest of the firm uh, so that our clients know that if you're going to hire an ORC lawyer in, uh, in Milan or in Singapore uh, or in, uh, in Sacramento, you're having someone that's got relevant business experience and your experience as a client will be sort of similar across the board. Mary's helped really instill some of that. In addition, a part of what Mary does, and this is really important for recruits to know, is to make sure that we spend a lot of time on integrating someone once they're here. We as a management committee, by the way, review everyone six months after they come in and ask them what could we do better, how can we be more helpful. A huge part of the, the job of recruiting, when I talk about that, is not simply um, identifying candidates and then stopping our relationship with them once they come on board. It's to absolutely make sure that we're following up and making sure they're successful on the platform. And I think uh, when, when uh, we have had failures in years past, it wasn't identifying uh, f our failure to identify good candidates. It was a failure to integrate them successfully into firm. I think the most consolidated effort we did around integration was our opening uh, Houston office a year ago. We uh, asked 26 different leaders in the firm to spend a week in Houston. Hmm. So a different leader every other week of the year, spending their full week in Houston, working out of the office in the way they ordinarily would, handling their normal routine, but then making a concerted effort uh, during meals and you know, early in the evening and uh, during breaks to meet people, 
to help think about integration, to get to, to describe their practice, and you know, invest a lot of time, effort, and energy into into our partners there. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's that many firms that would, would, would really dedicate 26 weeks of time with senior leaders to be in an office and to really focus on integration. We did, we think it was essential to uh, allowing that office to ramp up quickly and it's turned out to, I think, to work, uh, work pretty well. So integration to us is a critically important part of, of what we do and you know, we kind of view the identification of a lateral candidate as important. You know, the ability to really make sure there's a fit that works for both us and that candidate is something that's important. The The process of interviewing is more designed really, I think, to identify areas of commonality uh, and uh, and to have a, a, a mindset and a thesis around how that person come in and support our existing clients and help advance our strategy and will they be a good cultural fit? Will they like us, will we'll, we'll be a good fit? I think that, that then that real effort begins on day one with making sure that someone's gonna, you know, gonna be an integrated part of the firm. And I think that's gone well. I think one thing to know about us, I think that's unusual, Richard, is that uh, our entire board, 11 people who are in charge of setting the strategy for the firm, every single one of those people is a lateral. Hmm. And uh, we really are a firm of laterals. There are uh, there are a very small percentage of our of our of our partnership uh, that hasn't come from a lateral firm at some point. And you know, therefore, I think that if you looked at us culturally, we are not a place uh, where there's a group of lifers and a, and a bunch of others. I was at a prior firm where I had a sense that if you weren't a lifer, you weren't really a Definitely. you know kind of a core person. That is not the case here. And our strength, I think, is assimilating people from different cultures, taking the the strengths of what they brought from their prior firms, and hopefully having them share in our core values, that commitment to transparency and uh, pro bono diversity, uh, mentoring and coaching, and really uh, making sure that that um, that people are assimilated to that that kind of core values approach that we've got, but learning from them uh, different ways that they've approached business development or different ways that they've provided feedback, whatever it is, and, and really making sure that we're working with them. And that's the strength of the place. You know, I, I think that there's kind of a great melting pot component that, that makes us a vibrant and exciting place. And mm. we're not homogenous. You know, it's not like there's only one way to do it. There's a diversity of ways that we respect. And I think we allow people with very different approaches to flourish as long as they have shared core values and put clients first and work hard and treat people fairly and are transparent about what they do. I think there's a wide range of people that can be successful, and we celebrate uh, the fact that there's a wide range of, of different approaches that work within the firm. It's, I think, one of our great strengths. Given the size of Oric and given, obviously, it sounds like you've gone through some growth in the last few years, do you worry about getting it too big, that you, it's hard, that you would lose some of the intimacy or some of the collegiality? Do you, is that something you, you ever yeah. get concerned about? Yeah, we, I mean, we, the, the truth be told is we've really only grown over the past three years by you know, something like 65 lawyers. Mm -hmm. And in fact, what, what you've seen us do probably is have almost a one-for-one -one, um, kind of um, lateral partner uh, addition, and uh, we've added about 90 partners laterally over the past three years, and that sort of matched the number of partners who have departed, some for retirement, uh, others to go in-house, and, and some because it wasn't a great fit. And we kind of view it that way. I mean, we we want to grow organically. Uh, we're very committed to the people who are here and to making them partners. And we've done probably more lateral recruiting, in part because we thought we had a huge need in Houston, which was, you know, it's 42 lawyers. Uh, and then we've kind of done some more 
pairing and reorienting ourselves around tech, energy, and finance than we had prior to when I started and prior to our articulating that as a key strategic goal. I think a lot of that's behind us, and many of the players are, are kind of on the field that we needed and, and gaps have been filled. So I think we'll probably do less lateral recruiting. But that's not a function of a sense of overall size. We're not driven by, uh, by that. It's more a function of do we have the skills that we think our clients need. And so our growth is going to be driven more by clients than it is by any grand master plan. You know, we're not a firm that says we want to have a billion dollars of revenue or, you know, um, two, uh, you know, uh, 2,000 lawyers. Our growth isn't, it's really not focused around that. It's around serving clients in tech, energy, and finance and thinking about where can we add unique value. Now, interestingly, Richard, I think that um, if you really drill down a step more deeply, into the areas that we're, we care most about. It's actually the intersections between tech, energy, and finance where we will do the most lateral growth. Mm -hmm. So if you talk to almost anyone today, um, any general counsel, data and security matters a lot to them. Data, comma, security. Not data security, but data and security. Both of those things matter a ton to them. Um, clients, whether they're in the tech world or not, are dealing with tough innovation issues. The most uh, innovative companies in the world are breaking the traditional business model. So if, whether you're looking at a DraftKings or a Lyft or uh, you know a company like that, they're really turning traditional business models on their head. And the advice that they need from, from lawyers isn't going to fit into a single bucket. It's going to be people who are facile and understand that intersection between tech and finance, for example, in the fintech area. And so we think that the ability to collaborate is pretty key uh, to us providing differentiated service to our clients and providing non-commodity work. So tons of the areas where we're going to focus on are going to be high-value regulatory areas that are at the intersection of um, transactional work and, and litigation work. Uh, you know, re really, you know, people who are payment, mobile payments experts or something like that, for example, or those interesting sector intersections between tech and finance or energy and finance. And people who can feel comfortable uh, operating in those areas of intersection are especially valuable to us because they help us integrate and because so much of the most interesting, I think uh, most novel, most satisfying work to do is in those seams uh, between areas. So that's an area of real importance to us. And as you know, the economy is shifting and uh, those areas of overlap are are areas of complete uncertainty uh, for clients, and they need good counselors to help them uh, go through their legal problems, whether they're transactional, regulatory, or, li uh, or litigation, or disputes oriented. And you know, those are those areas that we're going to continue to hire on. And a lot of that hiring here in the Bay Area is going to be in those, those areas of intersection. Now, I've known you for a long time, Mitch. And when I first told you I was going to become a legal recruiter, what was your reaction? I was incredibly supportive. <laughs> incredibly supportive. You were actually. I can yeah, verify that. That's absolutely right. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. One is my personal you know, faith in, in you. Uh, and uh, I know how deeply uh, you get to know people, how interested you are in ideas. And I think that, that puts you in really good stead to do this job and do it well. And you're naturally interested in people. Uh, Shoe Untied is a great example of that. But And I think that uh, a good recruiter is someone who understands the, the individuals and what motivates them and what they, they're looking for and who can really you know, dive into a person and figure out what they're looking for. And I think you're incredibly uh, good and have been since the VLG days and probably before, but I've only known you since the VLG mm -hmm. days, at trying to make sure that you understand a firm strategy and what it's going for. So a, a great a recruiter is someone who can, can provide an intersection between someone's 
personal goals and affirm strategic needs. And I think that that that's a very rare talent when you can find someone who can do that. And I think you're going to be incredibly successful at doing that. And everything about uh, you know our 20-year relationship uh, or almost 20-year relationship suggests that you're going to do that and do that incredibly well. So I was thrilled, uh, very excited to work with you and uh, and work with your colleagues. Uh, at MLA, which is you know just a fabulous shop to 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 find some more talent right here in the Bay Area. Well, it's perfect because even though we, I think we've looked for an opportunity to work together since VLG, I think now is our opportunity. And I'm looking forward to it. We uh, we want to grow here in the in, in Northern California, uh, and uh, you know we we really think that it's it's very hard for a law firm, any law firm, to uh, to do that without the, the help of a really good counselor on the ground who is great at assessing the individuals, not just their resume and their clients and all the rest of that business, but who they are as people, right? And really understanding what, what motivates them, what gets them excited. And I think that you'll, uh, you'll be able to, to get to the core of, of, of candidates out there and, and provide a really valuable service, both for them and for us. So we're really looking forward to working with you. Mitch, I appreciate you taking the time. Always a pleasure, Richard. Thank you. Richard Shu and Mitch Zookley, thanks. Thank you.